Welcome to the Digitally Native podcast, a podcast that explores what it means to be digital and to live digital lives. I'm your host, Fungai, and together we will explore a range of topics and trends around digital and social media and digital innovation. So grab a drink, buckle up, and let's get right into it. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. I hope that you're doing well. I hope you've also had a great week. Um, Just looking back a little bit on the week in review, obviously we try to start with uh, just a little bit of news about what's happening in the digital space. And uh, I think one big story that's come up this week is the exodus of the National Public Radio's um, Twitter account from the social media platform. Now, National Public Radio has almost 10 million followers on Twitter, uh, but then chose to leave the platform late last week um, over this contentious issue where um, Twitter has started to mark certain accounts as uh, government accounts or um, government-sponsored accounts, and National Public Radio um, is a public radio station uh, or public radio platform in the United States. And so they felt that this was not something that they could comply with. The BBC was also having a similar thing, uh, but then they had their handle uh, or their account, um, which had been marked as government-sponsored um, to, I think, public-sponsored. And so they've they've kept um, their account going. But it's an interesting time, I think, on Twitter. We will see what continues to happen as... Um, all these kinds of things start to come up and uh, cause issues. I, I think uh, this uh, takeover of Twitter by Elon Musk has brought with it a lot of uh, different ways of doing things and policies and uh, orientations towards global politics. Uh, the other thing that's happened in the Twitter space is that uh, there's been a mini war with Substack, which has launched its own platform. Uh, which is kind of rivaling Twitter after the platform restricted tweets with Substack's links. So there's all these things that are happening, which are bringing up the questions about whether Twitter will continue to be this space for engagement and um, kind of this public sphere that it has been for so long, um, if all these things are starting to happen, because more and more people are already exiting Twitter. And with more of these things coming into play, there may be more big players uh, starting to move away from the platform. Um, Also, I think a topical thing that's happened is uh, Montana, a state in the United States, has, uh, I think, passed a motion to have Twitter, uh, not Twitter, to have TikTok, rather, um, banned from government devices, which is something that we've talked about previously on this podcast, um, and how more and more... um, Western governments and states are moving to get a ban of the platform on government-controlled devices or government-owned devices because of this um, long-standing Cold War between TikTok, which is headquartered in China, and the Western world. So we'll continue to keep tabs on that. Um, Today's episode, uh, we are discussing a little bit about uh, AI. And, uh, you know, AI has become this topical thing lately. Um, it's been in existence for a longer time. I've talked about this as well on the podcast before. But obviously, because it's becoming more accessible and more engaging, 
people are now more aware that there is something called artificial intelligence and it can be used in the digital space in certain ways. And so one thing that's obviously coming up is around the ethical use of AI. And um, I think uh, I, I remember reading an article a few weeks ago, um, and you might have seen this because a lot of people have started playing with AI to reimagine um, fashion or events and activities and so forth. I remember coming across um, a collection of uh, photographs, AI altered photographs a few weeks ago of um, imagining African older, you know, older elders rather, African elders in these kind of um, cool looks. So you'd have a granny wearing these hip clothes and, you know, looking very trendy and, and posing in a certain way. And that's also, you know, an opening up of the imagination to say, well, what is possible with AI and how can we reimagine things? But at the same time, there's been this conversation about cultural appropriation um, this essay that I was talking about that I read a couple of weeks ago, where someone was talking about how there are they have they have emerged certain kinds of content like selfies that depict um, historical peoples, like uh, Native Americans taking a selfie or something like that, um, which you know people have said well, given the history of what happened to Native Americans on the American continent, um, is it appropriate to reimagine them in this happy pose with technology? Because essentially the technology that came um, with westernization is what led to the wiping out of a whole community of people. And so, you know, there's all these things that start to emerge around where and how to appropri appropriately use um, artificial intelligence. I think also there was um, a photograph that did the rounds a few weeks ago, uh, which was um, of the Pope dressed up in a very trendy um, jacket. And, you know, that also brought up a lot of questions around, well, you know, it should we imagine people of a certain stature and nature and society in these contemporary ways? Is that is that respectful or, you know, is it, is it taking it too far? Is there a line that we shouldn't cross? So all these things are sort of coming up at the moment because AI is bringing up so many things. Um, and, you know, if you don't have an understanding of what exactly AI is, it's always important, um, I think, to just try to give a very basic idea. So AI is really just um, how machines and computers learn to do certain things, you know, human activities or human-like activities to make processes more efficient. Um, and so, like I said, AI has been in existence for a long time. Um, it has been used on social media and on social media platforms for a long time. I think uh, when we talk about things like algorithms and the way that social media formula, formulas or formulas work, we know that a lot of these things are factored in through artificial intelligence or machine learning uh, which is a way that the system just starts to learn more and more about people on the network and starts to feed it certain kinds of information or 
um, encourage certain uh, connections with certain people. So that's always been something that's been happening. However, I think that the shift is that we never really had access to the AI in the same ways that we now do. And that is making the conversation somewhat different because, you know, AI has this potential to wipe out jobs um, and skill sets. You know, we've talked about ChatGPT and what ChatGPT can actually produce um, if given the opportunity. You know, it can produce books, it can produce essays, it can pass exams and that sort of thing. And so we're in a space where people are feeling very threatened by this technology um, because of that and the, the ways that it can take away um, work from people. I remember actually uh, as well last week seeing a reel on Facebook where someone was describing how you can make passive income by writing children's books using chat GPT. And she just had this way of saying, you know, you just go onto chat GPT and you prompt it to write like a story about anything, you know, you can just prompt it and say, write a, sh a short story for a child about a zebra and a, a lamb. That's just, you know, off the top of my head. And then, you know, it just kind of comes up with a story for you. And then she was like, yeah, you just take that, um, package it into an ebook and style it on Amazon. And so, you know, it's it's really, you know, that sort of thing that's kind of problematic and 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 worrying for a lot of people because I, I remember when she was showing um her book or her prototype of her book in the in the Amazon um uh, uh marketplace and she was like, oh, you see, all these other books cost $10.99, but you'll price yours at $2.99. And so that speaks to actual authors and undercutting, you know, their work and their content. Because if I want to look for something that's simple and accessible, I'd probably buy the $2.99 book uh, rather than the $10.99 book, especially if it's something like a children's book, which, you know, you, your child would read just once and, you know, kind of forget the storyline anyway. So it's, it's, it's a very interesting time. Um, and so there's all these things that uh, bring up the issue of ethics. And ethics is, you know, they're not a, it's not a new topic. It's always um, been something that has been discussed in the media space, um, where to draw ethical lines or moral lines around what we do with technology or what we do with the media and now what we do with this artificial intelligence. Um, is it ethical for us to reimagine the past? And um, especially when the past has certain connotations or has um, evoked certain memories in certain people, is it is it ethical for us to try to to use this technology to tell alternative stories about traumatic experiences or events. But also, is it ethical for us to use this technology to um, undercut certain systems or certain functions in society that, you know, people actually live off? And then, you know, the question is, well, if if we followed that principle, then there would be no evolution anyway in anything to do with technology, with the media, with society, uh, because we know that uh, from the printing press itself, 
to, you know, when typewriters came in to computers, there's always been a conversation when, when a new technology comes in, there is uh, the likelihood that it takes away jobs and it creates greater efficiency. And so that that hard sell between, you know, being more efficient and making sure that as many people have work has always been this ethical conversation. And so uh, artificial intelligence is no different in that way. Um, so, you know, when all is said and done, the question is then who bears the responsibility for being ethical? Um, is it the, the, the producers of the artificial intelligence or is it uh, the users? Um, you know, the users have to be aware and have a conscience, I suppose, um, you know, like the user who, like I said, the Facebook, uh, the, the, the Facebook reel that I watched where someone was talking about how to write a children's book in two minutes. Well, not two minutes, but, you know, in that quick rather than, you know, sit down and actually think of a storyline and find an illustrator, et cetera, et cetera. Is that, is, is that person being ethical in their practice and their conduct by thinking about how to make a passive income off of this, you know, this item that they produce and undercut um, the rest of the the market of writers. Are they being ethical? Uh, but then the question is, what what also has led to people needing so so much, so many outlets for passive income? Anyway, you know, we're living in the society that has uh, made us all very vulnerable. You know, the markets are very precarious, life is expensive, the cost of living is constantly rising. And people who have these jobs, you know, they have their own jobs, they probably have an office job or a desk job or something that they do. And um, they need a passive uh, source of income. So they're not looking at uh, these children's books as, oh, I'm undercutting someone else in another sector. They're just like, I'm already undercut in my sector or I'm underpaid in my sector. So I need to augment my uh, earning by having some other passive form of income in another sector. So I think for a lot of people who are doing this kind of stuff or this, this kind of, um, you know, they're just trying to find passive forms of income through AI. I don't think they are necessarily having that ethical conversation because it's more about survival. It's about finding something that you can do without having to work harder, working smarter. And if artificial intelligence allows people to work smarter, they will definitely take it on because um, essentially everybody globally is overworked and underpaid. And everyone's trying to hack the system and find a way to not be overworked. Um, and to be well paid. And so this is the thing that starts to happen because the ethical conversation tends to pit the user and the users against each other. But then there's a bigger hierarchy. There's a bigger system and control of power that still gets away with a lot of things. And so who should be ethical you know, in these, in these spaces? We could ask, should Amazon be, be ethical as well? Because if I am going to write a book based off of a chat GPT prompt and have it on Amazon, should Amazon sell that book? But does Amazon 
uh, work within that ethical principle that you may feel you know they should take on, because ultimately their their um, motive or their motivation is to make profit, and um, if if that profit can be made in a way that is not deemed illegal or does not flout any rules or regulations of copyright, they will take it, and so you know again. It's, it's, you know, the big companies that you want to hold to a certain level of accountability perhaps do not actually have any obligation to do that, to take on that responsibility. And so in the end, it becomes the users, the people beneath the or the people within the hierarchy um, who are fighting each other for a piece of the pie but everyone is essentially trying to survive. The author who took their time to write the book um, for however long and get the illustrations and get it published, etc. find a publisher, an editor, etc. that person is equally trying to make a living as the person who's you know, trying to find a passive form of income and now using ChatGPT to, to help them with that. So, you know... It's, it's always going to be this thing about how to be ethical, um, but then also how to be practical. And I remember, you know, when I started out in journalism and we used to talk about uh, brown envelopes that journalists got, you know, for um, if, if you want to, if a company wants you to write favorably about them how they'll pass you this brown envelope with some money in it uh, so that you are influenced to think positively about them or to say positive things about them. And, um, you know, you'd have these conversations about, well, is that right? Should people do that or not? And I remember someone once saying in a class, well, I can't eat ethics. You know, I you can't actually... Um, eat those for supper and clothe your children with ethics. And uh, that's a, you know, that's a very practical uh, orientation towards a conversation. That's not to say that's the right answer to, to the question. I don't think there is a right or wrong answer. Uh, but then, you know, it just brings you back to the reality that a lot of people are just trying to make ends meet and they will use whatever means possible to make that possible. And if AI is offering it, a lot of people will take it on. And um, the ethical conversation will come into play. There will be some people who will feel ethically that they cannot, they cannot engage in content generation that is not original, that is not based off um, work of a certain nature. And, you know, they will not participate in, in, in the AI um, augmentation of capacities. But for a lot of people who are just trying to find a way to make it through, they will. Um, and so it's, it's important to, I think, always scale down a conversation to the user, to, to the least common, lowest common denominator, which is the worker, the person who's just trying to uh, have a certain lifestyle. And um, then we have to ask the questions, well, then what is the ethical responsibility of the bigger people, the people who have the power, the people who are generating these uh, spaces and platforms? What is their obligation to 
their users to ensure that um, everyone feels secure in some way and um, feels that their work will be compensated um, adequately, you know. So that's just something to think about as well. And, um, you know, there's also the cultural appropriation uh, part of it. We have yet to see where AI will take us, but then I think it just, again, it takes us on this journey of conversations that we have had in different iterations of media. You know, cultural appropriation has always been existent. It's, you know, it's a conversation that's been had around music, around arts, around different kinds of things. And now AI is just bringing a new component to it where we ask ourselves if it's ethical for, you know, people of a different, um, sometimes race, gender, um, background to reimagine histories that are very sacred to certain people. And, um, is it respectful? And how does that look in different cultural contexts? Because obviously cultures are so dynamic and so diverse. And how does one um, engage in this reimagination of the future of the past if that is what is, you know, what people want to do? How do you do that without being um, inappropriate and disrespectful? So again. A whole lot of conversations still to be had about this and I'm just scratching at the surface of it and I look forward to having more conversations about this. Um, just want to also let you know that, um, as I said last week, you can follow our podcast on Twitter and the handle is at Native Podcast and uh, you can also find the Digitally Native Podcast on Facebook. We do have a page there. And uh, also, if you'd like to drop an email at any point with any points or suggestions, please do. The email address is info at digitallynative.com. Uh, that's all for today. I hope you will have a good week and we'll talk again next week. Until then, do take care. <music>